Praise the Lord, everyone. Well, let's stand for the reading of the word. If you can all turn to Matthew chapter 14, we're going to read from verse 22 to verse 29. If you're there, say amen. Right, that's more than enough I need to proceed. All right. And the Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the sheep was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So the title of my message tonight is When I'm Not Sure. When I'm Not Sure. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you, Jesus, Lord, for your word, God, that you've given me for your people. Lord, let this word encourage your people, God. Let it lift up someone today, Lord Jesus. God, let your word speak, Lord, to the very need present here today. God, we just ask for your spirit, Lord, to be amongst us today, Lord Jesus, oh God, and to work on us, Lord, as we receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The, uh, when you read that, the context of that chapter in Matthew, it seemed like it was a long day for Jesus. Um, after he had received news of his cousin's death, he tried to get away to have some alone time because... The Bible says that he left alone, but the multitude and the disciples followed him. and um, So they followed him into the desert. And, and the Bible says that Jesus had compassion upon them and, and, um, and he healed all their sick. And um, when it started to get dark, the disciples, you know, they wanted to kick all the multitudes away and like, all right, you know, you guys can go now. Um, but Jesus said, no, don't send them away. You know, give them some food. Let them eat because the journey's, you know, it's too great. Um, and it turned out that there was not enough. You know, it, the, there was only two fish and five loaves of bread. And um, we know the story, what happened. Jesus multiplied it and you know, he performed this miracle and he fed the whole multitude and there was enough left for everyone. After that, um, 
After that, the multitude left and he told his disciples to get on the ship and to meet him on the other side. And he went on into the mountain to pray. And I believe that the human side of him had some time to mourn for his cousin's death. As you know, as he was part human and part God. But we we know um, that the scriptures let, let us know that he's God manifested in the flesh. So no doubt that he experienced everything that we experience today. The pain, the the you know the the hunger the things that we felt in the flesh jesus also experienced those but without seeing he was god i admire the obedience of the disciples because jesus just said told them you guys meet me on the other side and without any questions they just got up and went and um they didn't even ask you know now what's on the other side and what are we doing down there? They just went. And here they are. It's at night and there is a storm. And they're fighting for their lives, you know. I'm sure they, they had questions, you know, whether, you know, if God was, Jesus was going to meet them. They started, perhaps they started to doubt if, you know. God was going to show up because this was at night and um, the wind was growing. The, the storm was just blowing everywhere. And, and it's like that for, for each of us today. The day we heard God speak to us and said, Go. We got a, we got a, we got all excited we buckled up ourselves and we went on but along the way we started to face some trouble some things started happening and we started to experience trouble and hardship and what seemed to make sense didn't make sense anymore and because of present situations we started having doubt we started questioning the will of god And all we can think about is how we can get through, how God can deliver us out of our present situation. That's what we can think about. It's about, you know, we're thinking about the, how hard the situations are and, 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 and how, how much easier it was back then compared to where we are. But I want to remind you today, I want to remind you today that if King David could see what you're experiencing right now, I'm sure he will tell you to keep on fighting. I'm sure he will tell you to keep on pushing and to not give up, to not throw in the towel, to not get discouraged because he know, he knew what the reward was. He knew, he knew what God ha was, had in store for him. And so, Every time, every time he faced persecution, every time he went through a struggle, you know, he, he knew what God had prepared for him. If you, if you asked Moses, Peter, and John, all of the disciples, the heroes of faith, they will tell you likewise, don't give up. Just keep on pushing. 
Do not be discouraged. Don't, don't, turn, don't, don't turn your back to the enemy. Just keep facing forward and just keep looking unto God. Because He is the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Sometimes it seems like when we're trying to work harder, you know, trying our best to live for God. And, and it just feels like it's just getting harder and harder. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but the harder you try, the harder it gets. The book of Psalms says that in Psalms 18 verse 11, you can tend there. He says, he made darkness his sacred place. His pavilion round about him where dark waters and thick clouds of the skies at the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed hail stones and coals of fire the lord also thundered in the heavens and the high and the highest gave his voice hail stones and coals of fire yea he sent out his arrows and scattered them and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Through this scripture, God was dealing with me about this. And he was reminding me that, you know, the thick clouds and the darkness, or you can relate that to fires and storms, those things... God puts around himself as though it may seem it's not to discourage you and me or to push us aside but it, it makes it harder if we are trying to draw closer to God in the flesh those things would make it harder for us to draw near to God if we're going to bring flesh into his presence because the Bible says that no, no flesh shall glory in his presence so all the storms and all the hardship that we face, they are designed to transform us into His image. We can relate that example to to the parable of the wheat and the chaff. The purpose of fire into our lives is to burn all the chaff and leave the wheat behind. God is working on us through every battle. We sang tonight, you know, I um, can't remember the lyrics. It's a very new song, so I'm still getting my mind around it. Um, you take what the enemy th thought for evil, and he turns it for good. God takes what the enemy thought for evil, and he turns it for good. Psalms 97 verse 1 says, The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof, clouds and darkness around about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Praise God. It may seem as though the process is not pleasant, but I can assure you that if you, I can assure you that one day if you, if you faint not, you shall reap what you sow. 
If you faint not, you will reap what you sow. Most of us, we want to experience and see the power of God working in us. And some of us won't even try because we are not ready to pay the price. See, in this world today, and this may be creeping into modern, this is already in modern day Christianity. Success and satisfaction is measured by what people possess, material things. And, um, um, you know, careers and so forth. But we, as children of God, the greatest position we, we have, and, and we must do everything to not lose it and to protect it, is this personal encounter, this personal walk we have with Jesus Christ. That is the most precious thing. I believe that God wants to bless you and I individually and collectively as a church. I believe God has been working you know, behind closed doors, as they say, God is working. Things that we don't see in the natural, but spiritually God is doing a work in each of us. I believe that with all my heart. But God wants us to know that if we labor, He will give the increase. But I also want to say this because I feel this personally, and also, I want to say this to you, uh, to us as a church, that I feel a warning in my spirit that if we, if we concentrate on quantity rather than quality, we will become shallow. God wants us to draw closer to Him, to get deeper and deeper with Him, because it's easy, it's easy to gather a crowd, but it's harder to build a church. It's not easy to build a church. We can, you know, if, if we become a shallow church, we're just going to become a, 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 a social group that gets together on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. But God doesn't want that. There's already too many of those kind of churches around. But God wants to build a spiritual and a strong church that will stand the test of time and will stand and will be ready for the revival that God wants to pour in this city. I mentioned that we all want to experience this power in our lives, this presence of God and to see God working in us. And, but I, I, want to, I want to read something from the Apostle Paul. He says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. If you can turn there and read with me. It says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable unto his image. 
Now, for most of us, including me, we want to see the power, but we don't want to really see the... We don't want to associate with the suffering of Christ. The Apostle Paul realized the law was good and was helpful for him understanding the revelation of who Jesus was. The law played a big part. But but the, the law uh, was not enough. The law was not enough. And so... The Apostle Paul, once he had this encounter with Jesus Christ, he knew that some things had to die. His old ways, he had to die and he had to, to give up a lot of things. He had, to, he had to die in the flesh. He had to be crucified. And we, we can read through the Bible the Apostle Paul's lifestyle and what he went through and the things he had to endure. And, and you know, he received this reward at the end. And he lets us know that, you know, he's reminding us now that if we want to experience the power of his resurrection, we have to first die in the fellowship of his suffering. And through that process, we are being conformed to his image. We are being transformed into the image of Christ. Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 tells us the parable of the wheat and the tares. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is like unto a man that sowed good seed in his field, but then but then um, when he went to sleep, his enemy came to him and they planted tares, they planted corrupt seed in his um, in his field. And so when the when the the Bible says that when the blade came up, it came up together with the tares. And so his servants came to him and they said, Well, Master, didn't you plant, you know, good seed? And he goes, Yes, I did. But how come there is tears also? And he's like, Do you want us to go and pull out all the weeds out, all the tears? He's like, No, no, no. If you pull out, try and do that. You might pull out all the good stuff as well. So just leave it. You know, um, when the time of the harvest comes, we're going to gather everything up. And we're going to put it in the fire. So the fire is going to burn all the wheat, all the, all the weeds and all the tares. And only the wheat uh, will remain. What can we get from this parable? You know, we, when we all started on this journey, we all started good. We planted good seed. And somehow we all fell asleep. At some point, you may have fallen asleep or... You may have just uh, become a bit, uh, um, I'm looking for a right word, um, maybe a bit complacent. You just got a bit, maybe too relaxed, and the enemy just sipped in and planted some corrupt seed in your life, maybe. And so, you're having this battle along the way with the wheat and the tares, and and and. What, what can we take from this is that, you know, if we sow in good seed, don't turn your back to the enemy. Don't give him a chance. The Bible says that, you know, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then he goes further to say in verse uh, 30, Matthew uh, chapter 13, that, you know, 
when you let, uh, once we let this, uh, the tears grow together with the, when we put them in the fire, the fire is going to destroy all the, uh, all the tears and leave only the wheat. And so, when it feels like living for God is getting harder and you're kind of being faced with some hard circumstances that you just can't shake out of and, and life happens and you feel like you're in a fiery furnace just burning you but God is saying to you don't be discouraged God is just reminding someone here today don't give up don't be discouraged the fire is just conforming you and purifying you and getting rid of the tears and all the things that have because of sin and all the the walks of life that we've been through, the, the fire is burning all those things and leaving out only the, the wheat. Pastor talked this morning about living for God and you know to the fullest. If we want to serve God and we if we want to really um, have that 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 uh, power of God working in us, drawing closer to Him, there has to be sacrifice. And um, see, some some of us, some people, we get right on the edge, but when we see what we have to leave behind, you know, we kind of like take a step back. We get discouraged. Maybe we're not ready to take that step forward and and, and just trust God that He, if He if he looked after us back then, he will look after us in the next stage. You see, because of maybe doubt and fear, we, we're just having a little struggle just to let go of some things. And doubt and fear may have filled our hearts. You know, and we start to wonder whether if we made the right, dece- the right decision, being here today or living for God. It happened to all of us at some point in life. You know, we question whether we made the right decision. You see, there's a difference between professional boxing and amateur boxing. If I was an amateur boxer, I can eat a bucket of KFC the day before a fight and have hungry jacks and I'll still do okay in the fight the next day. But, if I was going to fight in a professional boxing match, I have to watch my diet. I can't fight the same, I can't use that same, those same habits, the same training habits and diets if I'm, if I'm going to go into the professional um, boxing. I've got to change my ways. I have to change what I eat and, and who I hang out with. I've got to be around people. That will discipline and work hard and train with me because I know that when I get into the next level, I'm going to have to fight some pretty muscular and strong guys. Guys that have, they have stamina, they can last. See, it's like that in the spirit. God has called this church, He's called you as an individual to a new level. He wants, he wants you to go into a new dimension where you've never been before. He wants you to step up. He wants you to stop being where you are, comfortable in your, in your seat and, and just uh, coming to church is, is enough for you. But God wants you to step up and, and, and to 
pay the price for where he wants you to go. He wants you to step up. Praise God. You see, I, I, I have, and I, and I know my vision is not greater than my, than my pastor's vision or the vision that the pastor has for this church, what God given him. But I know that there comes a day when we're going to see just in the midst of worship where just people receive the Holy Ghost, where people will just get healed instantaneously. And the blind will see, the lame will walk, and, and those that demon-possessed will be delivered right there and then instantly. It's possible for us to get there. Praise God. Praise God. But to get to this level, you know, the devils are much bigger. They're stronger. They're really muscular. They work out every day. They're going to punch you in. They're going to beat you up if you're not ready. You can't use the same habits from amateur boxing into the next level. You've got to prepare yourself. You've got to go into God's gym and lift up some iron and eat from the master's table. Eat some good, good diet. Praise God. We must go. We must, we must get into God's presence. And we must change our habits and change our ways because God wants to do something in this church. God wants us to go to a new dimension, a new level. But you see, don't be scared if the enemy is intimidating you. Do not be afraid because God says that ye are of God, my little children. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Don't be scared if the enemy is intimidating you. If, God, if the devil has whispered to you some things in your life about your family, about loved ones. That God cannot deliver them. That God cannot heal them. That God can't bring them through. God will deliver them. Do not fear what the devil's saying. God is saying, greater is he that is inside of you than he that's in the world. Praise God. Praise God. See, you made it today. You're here today. You made it because God brought you through. And the devil did not prevail against you. Praise God. He's tried everything but failed. He has used depression, oppression, anxiety, doubt and fear as scare tactics to try and put you off. See, the enemy always has this one last tactic. And if he uses it, it works. And we're back again from where we started. I want to share I want to share a personal story and I'm going to try and be careful how I say this because uh I don't I don't want you to get it the wrong way but I, I want to share a personal story with you and um see a couple of years ago I'd say maybe 4 years ago God revealed to me that I I had depression God revealed to me that I had depression and um, 
And so it reminded me, took me back to how I was as a child and 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 growing up and and some of the significant things that's happened. But God revealed that to me and um coming from where I come from, it was a bit hard to say, No, God, that can't be real. Me for real? Said, nah. But God said, Yeah, it's true. And I started to realize and uh but last year, early last year, I decided, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm I'm tired of being going over you know, in the same circle again, going over around and around again and and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna pray and fast about this. I'm gonna start praying and fasting and ask God to set me free from this and to deliver me. And as 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 I was praying and fasting for um, you know, over a period of time I was doing it and and um God didn't say anything to me, didn't reveal anything, and so I kept on going and kept on going. And uh, but then one morning I woke up. I was I, I woke up after prayer. I was praying. I prayed. I felt the presence of God. You know, I felt something different. I felt something that that something has just happened in prayer. And um, after I finished praying in the morning, as I sat on the side of my bed and just started thinking on God and meditating on Him. And God showed me a vision. And in this vision, I was I was standing sort of like in this, it was sort of like an open wide area, sort of like a, it was just a plain field sort of. And I and 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 as I could look far uh, far ahead of me, there was like a like a wall about about goes around about to my waist, and uh, it was about a hundred meters far off and. And I got really curious, and I and I wanted to walk closer and to see, and and to because I, I saw something behind. There was there was like someone sitting on the other side of that wall, and um, I couldn't see them. I could just see the top of their head, sort of. And I and I was like, okay, that's really interesting. Let me go and see what's on the other side. So as I walked closer and closer, the person on the other side was. Um, they didn't want me to see them. They, they sort of like, kind of like peeped over the top of the wall, and they didn't want me to see them. And but I kept on coming closer, and I walked closer to the wall. And when I got there, closer and closer, and I looked over, they they were looking down, and I could see they had a they had an arrow coming, uh, just from the back all the way through them, and they were bleeding. And um, and as I looked on them and they just there was just this fear over them and they were really anxious and god revealed to me that that you know and and god it was a demon that it was a spirit and god revealed to me that that spirit was connected to my depression because for years i've always had fear and anxiety and and, and i've always struggled with that but what i didn't do in that moment was that when God showed that to me, you see, that even made me scared a bit more even. You see, when I prayed and prayed and prayed, you know, um, actually, the thing that God revealed to me about that, you know, He told me that my praying through praying and fasting and seeking His face and, and, and warring, 
that thing, that demon was wounded, but it hadn't been destroyed. So God was saying, you've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying. Don't stop. Just keep fighting. But on over time, the mistake I did was, every time I think of that situation, I would, I would always freeze. I would just get paralyzed. And then every, every moment again, I would build up again, get all excited and push in again. And then I get to a certain area, fear and doubt again, just, uh, just holds me back. And, and I couldn't do what God wanted me to do. I was just held back. And it kept on going over and over again. Praise be to God. But God, you know, I felt, I felt God just step in after a while and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And, and so, and, and God just revealed to me that if we keep praying and fasting, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the devil say to you, no matter what's been holding your family bound, holding your circumstances bound, if you, if you, if you got some things it's holding, uh, perhaps uh, God has given you or shown you where He wants you to be and you're kind of struggling with that. But I've come to remind you today that if you keep on fasting and keep on praying and keep on reaching out to Him, that those chains will be broken. You may not see it happen in the natural, but on the other side, something is happening. God is doing a work. God is breaking things and breaking chains and destroying the enemy. And destroying the, the things that have been holding you bound. See, the same level of prayer and fasting in yesteryears will not hold us in the next level. The spiritual opposition will increase. But we've got to also increase. We've got to pray with aggression. We have to pray and fast with intention. We have to seek God intentionally. Because God wants us. He doesn't want us to be bound. If the musicians would come please. Let us stand. If you feel like you've tried your best and you don't know nothing's been happening, you've been seeking God and been trying your best to just live for God and, and you, you've been pushing and you've been praying, you've been fasting and you feel like nothing's happening, God hasn't turned His back on you. God is still watching you. God is still working on you. God will deliver you through everything and anything that comes your way. God has not put those things around Himself to keep you far away from Him, but through the trials and the things that we face, praise God, He wants to deliver you and He wants to give you a testimony so that when you get over in the next stage, in the next level, in the next dimension, God wants you to know that Praise God. He wants you to have a testimony that if He can set you free from those things, God can deliver you from anything in the next stage of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here, the disciples 
are standing in the midst of a sea surrounded by storms and winds wondering where God is and if you feel like you don't know you know you just can't see where God is you feel like his hand is back on you and you're not sure if if it's God that put you here today just call out to him hallelujah Jesus Peter said Jesus is that you Lord God is wants you to know yes it's him that called you it's him that put you here and you may be having fear and say God I don't know if I can last if I try to step out and if I try to take the next mile and that next step God is saying to you come just come to me I'll hold you if you just look to me keep your eyes on me don't worry about the storm don't worry about the wind I'm the one that called you and I'm the one that put you here and I'm going to take you through Praise be to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands and worship Him. Hallelujah.